The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? Coffee here, please. Coffee, 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 coffee here, please. Coffee here, please. Coffee here, please. Oh, coffee. Damn good coffee and hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn good coffee and hot. Know all about it. We're off to a late and frustrating start this morning. Good morning, folks. I'm just still um, sharing stuff. We had some difficulty. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. I can't share shit. What's going on now? Uh, Difficulty with um, the technology it's a technology clusterfuck of a kind of day already new new equipment in the studio we're bouncing around here and uh worked fine last night testing it out come in this morning and it's not working it's not working i tell you uh i don't want to go there hold on back out of here so i'm uh, still a little clusterfucked I'm clusterfucked, uh, but I'll get it straightened out. Good morning. It's um, Tuesday, September 20th, 2022, uh, as if that really matters. Anyway, uh, we are getting things working here a little bit, a little bit slow in getting things working and getting things working on the air, which is new. Um, but anyway, so... Um, Got a lot to catch up with. Tony Darrow, comedian uh, out of New York, um, does a lot of cruise ship work. He's supposed to be with me at 10 a.m. today, uh, which uh, is kind of late for me because I got some new things coming on and I I need to run pretty quickly. So I don't know. um, I might hang out with him and just be a little late, whatever. Uh, But it's kind of the new plan of uh, having guest hosts and people take over for me might come into effect today. I'll be talking with um, Zach Wiseman later today about the possibility of him taking over for me, doing the interviews and stuff. Um, Maybe that'll happen. Maybe Carl and Jamie will pitch in. Well, no, no, Carl and Jamie did it a little bit yesterday. Um, A little... I understand um, Carl had an eight-hour podcast after kind of taking over here yesterday morning, and uh, I have not seen it yet. I don't have time to go eight hours to invest to go watch. I would. I really am interested in uh, what they had to say in their final, um, the final goodbye to Queen Elizabeth yesterday. Um, let's see what's going on in the world today. I'm really behind the eight ball here today. Um, Hurricane Fiona strengthens into Category 3, hammering Puerto Rico. And that's kind of hurricane season. That's um, surprisingly little hurricane um, activity so far this year. 
But hey, there's still time for it to kick up, and it could be really bad. Usually, when we don't see a lot of activity early, it's some pretty bad stuff. I remember uh, the year we lost the house, October of '92, with the perfect storm. Wasn't a whole lot of hurricane activity that year. And then all of a sudden, it was really bad activity. So um, that's not a good thing. Uh, Alaskans dealing with typhoon-related for uh, flooding. It's like, well, not climate change is real, man. Don't worry about it. Uh, uh, what else is going on? Video appears to undercut Trump's elector's account of alleged voting data fraud. Yeah. Oh, what do you know? He's lying about uh, election stuff. Well, that's no nothing new. That shouldn't even be in the news. It'd be just the same old shit. Um, another tech, th- a cult thing is in the news. Uh, I was in a cult inside a Beverly Hills mansion for tech founders. Uh, that's pretty kind of, uh, should have been last week with my show last week, having all the cult members uh, part of uh, the discussion. I don't know. I feel like this black shit, and I'm not loving this angle. Maybe I need to be up and angled down. I don't know. It's I'm not loving things here uh, with the new system. Got to get the old system fixed. Um a social club in Beverly Hills, in a Beverly Hills mansion, promised community to young tech founders, but it became a uh, came at a steep price. What's going on here? This is from Vox. Um, Launch House promised the young tech founders community a Vox investigation found that uh, found what happens when uh, clout and cash are paramount in protecting uh, members fall fails falls. By the wayside, protecting members falls by the wayside. Learn to read. People are uh, are young and friendly and full of hope. And why shouldn't they be? For one month, they get to live in a mansion in Beverly Hills, uh, estimated at twelve point million, uh, twelve point nine million dollars in uh, value. It's just, uh, it's not just any mansion, but um, the one where Paris Hilton used to live. Oh, big deal. Probably smells like uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina. With a precious precious little pergola overlooking a million-dollar view of Los Angeles next to a pool surrounded by tasteful sculpted rocks and bathroom faucets shaped like swans about to take flight. Blah, 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 blah. But it's a cult. Okay. How is it a cult? We'll find out somewhere. I don't know. That's an interesting story, though. Cults are always interesting to me. I need to charge up my phone. So I started my new thing yesterday. It was quite interesting. Uh, but it is going to take up some serious uh, time. God damn, everything is a technical nightmare for me today. Plugging things in is difficult. What did I just do? See? Clicking on things is difficult. Um uh, but so I know I missed an eight hour um almost like a potathon with last rights. And every, basically every time uh Carl and Brick Broccoli <laughs> get together, 
it is like a mini potathon anyway. Uh, I understand uh, Kevin and Craig were on there for a while. I, I understand that by pictures that were posted on Twitter and all other way. I know Andy Andrews stopped by for a while. Um, and Brett and Jamie and Carl. And I don't think I'm missing anybody in that discussion. Anyway, uh, again, eight hours. I just don't have eight hours to go check it out uh, right now. Maybe I'll put it on my viewing list for the weekend. Maybe I'll get to it then. Eight hours is a big investment uh, of time to, you know, I know it's fun doing it, but when a viewer comes by and sees eight hours on the thing, um, I stopped watching Joe Rogan years ago when everything started to be over three hours, um, eight hours. You, you know, basically, you got to uh, commit to a day. It's a day, a day trip. Um, and um, I guess it's a party for them, but again, you come by and you're looking at and you see eight hours in the time thing, uh, time slot. Uh, very few people are going to click on that or probably catch all of it anyway, skip around, maybe just skip around to the, I don't even know how you tell the relevant parts because it's not timestamped. Nothing is, uh, marked out on like what you want to see. It's a difficult thing, but I'll try to find some time to, to catch up on it, uh, this weekend. Let's see what's going on here. Tony Darrow will be my guest today. I'm going to look at look up Tony while I can. Tony uh, is a New York-based comedian, uh, but travels around a lot and does does a lot of cruise ship work. Um, and I'm not sure he's going to be here because of all all the technical difficulties I've had in the last week getting the links out to people in time. So I. I Last night was a no-show on my um, evening podcast, and it was on me this time because I have not had time to get, or or the technical difficulties, had not had the opportunity to get out links in time for people to see the links. And I haven't even checked my mail. This is how far behind, behind I am today. Probably not going to happen the rest of the week. We'll be talking to Zach today and see if um, see what we can do about uh, taking over this at least for the next three or four weeks till I can get um, back in the swing of things, get the time management under control, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Tony Darrow has appeared on stages with um, Jim Norton, Daryl Hammond, uh, Ben Bailey. Oh, I can't even log into the... Oh, yeah, I can. I can do that. See that? Um, Tony's hilarious routines have made him one of the most established stars of the New York comedy scene. Tony's first television appearance uh, was as a a child on the show Wonderama. If you remember Wonderama, I remember Wonderama. I guess you got to be pretty old to be... It's got to be... where he lost at Simon says, oh, Tony overcame his humiliating uh, television debut and began performing in summer stock as a teenager. After high school, he won the acting uh, scholarship to a world-renowned dramatic 
or workshop. This led to uh, various off-Broadway productions when he was 19. Sylvester Stallone hired Tony to be a stand-in in the film Rocky. At uh, 20, uh, Bob Kershen, that's Captain Kangaroo for people who don't know, uh, Bob Kershen uh, hired Tony to star in a television pilot for CBS for reasons still unknown to him uh, to this day, he drifted into stand-up comedy. Maybe it was all those George Collin records that he listened to as a kid. Soon, people began to ask him to write jokes for them, which eventually led to writing jobs with Jay Leno, Bill Maher, David Letterman, uh, Jimmy Fallon, and Tina Fey. He has dozens of television appearances under his belt. He has won multiple Writers Guild Awards for comedy writing and was nominated for an Emmy Award for his work on Saturday Night Live. Tony is a rare comedian who can be uh, inoffensive and gut-busting funny. How about that? Now, if he shows up, and I say if, it wouldn't be his fault if he doesn't show up. It would be mine. I didn't get him the link until... After 11 last night, again, I've been scrambling because of tech issues and all that kind of crap. And uh, not e- no time to even really pay attention to social media yesterday, which that's a good thing. That's a good fallout. Let's see if we can. Uh, I'm not loving this camera deal. Maybe this deal better. Anyway. Um, where is Tony going to be? He's going to be, I don't even know, not Coots. Not Coots. Not the one in Alaska, is it? Coots. Event by Coots. Coots. What the fuck? <laughs> Sorry, Coots. I don't know where you are. Um, I don't even know what Coots is. Where Where would that be? It, not Coots in Alaska. It can't be. Oh. Um, Coots. There's a map here. Coots is anchor. Yeah, it is. Uh, Kill Coots. Coots is in Anchorage. It's an Anchorage premiere venue. Uh, wow. So he's there this weekend. I guess that's Sunday. Is that Sunday? Saturday, the 24th. Man, I am out of it. I don't even know. I don't know what day it is. Let me check the uh, chat room. A uh, couple of people over there. Let's see. Uh, Kevin, good morning. Ted Nagurski, good morning. Um, yeah, so one thing I, I found out a lot of scouting locations for this film deal that I'm, uh, uh, working on, um, things change pretty quickly. I have been out of, out of everything in technology wise, video production, film production wise for about five years now, haven't done anything and wow. Um, technology-wise, things change pretty quickly. I mean, young people, I'm impressed by a bunch of young film students and their knowledge, technical knowledge, of uh, some of the technology changes that have come along. Feel a little bit like, wow, uh, you got old fast. (laughs) You get old fast. It's not like a a bike. You just get back on it uh, and learn, you know, once you learn to ride, you're cool for life. Uh, technology changes so fast and things just, uh, you know, at the speed of, speed of light, I guess we can say, uh, things are changing. I'm not loving this angle at all. I got to change things. You know what? I got to get these Big Macs 
Big Macs. I got to get a few Big Macs. I'm not that hungry. Um, and that's Trump's thing. Um, the IMAX, I got to get the, because I'm just so sick of the power thing. I ordered a new cord, yes, cable, yes, a power cable, thinking, yeah, one more shot, one more thing. Set, resetting the SMC and Pram over and over again. Uh, just to have no no clue how to resolve this thing. And Apple Genius Bar is not very helpful on all this stuff. So I said, you know what? Go out and get a MacBook. Got the MacBook this morning. Uh, tested it out last night. It's okay, but I don't love the angle and all this kind of stuff on it. And I got two fucking... I have $8,000 worth of Macs sitting here uh, that can't be used or I'm afraid to use them because I don't want to have that Tony Soprano moment again apple i'm not happy with you and they don't fucking care uh, apple is another one of those companies that become too big to care about their customers i hate that shit when that goes on uh anyway so working with the macbook pro and jamie's probably cry- i should be playing jamie's crying right now jamie's crying uh jamie's got a macbook pro fetish i've uh, never been a laptop guy never I hate laptops what is this and they shouldn't even be called laptops because you can't sit with them on your lap because they get too fucking hot right um anyway that's a situation that's why it looks a little funny that's why it sounds a little funny and this morning i mean i tested it out last night all the sound equipment cameras and lights and all that stuff everything was fine come in a little bit late this morning because i'm not used to going to bed early and so (laughs) i was up very late and so i i stalled on getting into the studio this morning and uh by the time i got in here uh, restarted stuff and all that. Oh, you're not seeing the audio device. You're not seeing. <laughs> you're not seeing the camera. All that kind of stuff. So late start. Everything is just gone to hell already. And it's only eight twenty six in the morning uh, here on a lovely Tuesday morning. Tuesday. Tuesday is my new Monday, I guess. Anyway, um, so. Hopefully, Tony Darrow uh, will get the link and show up today. No guarantees on that. If he doesn't, I'll be out of here pretty quickly. Uh, if he does, we'll probably make it a half-hour interview at 10 a.m., which is a long way off now. It's a long time, long time to kill. I should tell the comedians, ask the comedians if they can come a little bit earlier, at least for the foreseeable future. Again, I will be talking to Zach Wiseman, who might be guest hosting uh, for a bit, um, Jamie might be um, pitching in. Let me see if I can do this. Sign up with, uh, ba, 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 ba. Um, see what's going on on Twitter. Um, Kelp Nate, that's me, right? Kelp Nate, Nate Kelp. Uh, oh no! This is create. I don't want to create. See, I can't do anything today. I can't do anything. I'm stuck in can't do anything world. 
<sighs> Man, I hope your day is starting off better than mine is. Um, but back to the film thing. It, this should, it, I'm very psyched about working on a film, and I, I kind of now I want to do my own film. I really do. I've been wanting to do it. And one thing that I felt, yeah, oh no. What did I just do? See, this this is, I'm helpless today. I am helpless. It's one of these days where you should just go back to bed. Ah. Nope. Can't even, and I'm, ah. Oh. That's why. Damn. Man, I'm helpless here. Somebody help me. Somebody help me. Um. That's better, right? I'm sorry, folks. This is really entertaining. Not as entertaining as a um, the last rites. And I am interested in in what Carl have they wrapped up saying goodbye to the old lady, um, and. Is it really, really over? Not here, it's not. Tomorrow there's going to be a thing in D.C. Um, for all the American dignitaries who were not invited. Um, comedians don't wake up early. I know that. I know that. That's why I'm looking forward to doing the nighttime program to hopefully get more comedians on, especially West Coast comedians. Now, oh, what's that, 830? Day 30 already. Time flies when you're not having fun or when you're suffering the uh, throes of technical difficulties. Um, so, uh, um, Mike, Mike Zinn, good morning, Mike. I was wondering how this show got earlier. How did it get earlier? Um, well, it got earlier because I thought I would probably be having to run by 9.15 or so to get to where I'm going. Um, and who knows? I mean, who knows how long I'm this morning stuff is going to keep up. And the hours of the meetings I'm having regarding working on this film. Now, the film is a... Paranormal thriller? Is that the way I want to... It's not a horror film, per se. Um, but there are some... scary, deep, dark uh, elements to it. Uh, you know, if you... Listen, if you believe in good and evil, this thing definitely touches on the evil side. So we're looking at some really dark locations to shoot at. Not necessarily haunted house dark, but houses and locations that have a, um, a, a very ominous feel. A very um, dark and foreboding type of atmosphere. 
so that the whole thing, my contribution to this thing could probably run maybe late November, October, but I'm thinking the morning part of it and to the point where I could get back to doing the show. Um, on my terms, in the in the hours that I want to do, probably two or three weeks. Uh, so in the meantime, possibly I'll be talking to Zach in about I don't know an hour after the show ends today, or an hour after I get out of here, uh, about taking over uh, some of the days. Maybe uh, calling Heine, uh Jamie. I'm sorry. I call I call them Jaime only because uh, the cult leader of the Austin cult. What are they called? Uh, Buddha Field. Budafield. Cult. Uh, I talked to uh, the woman last week about. Let's see if we can do this a little bit. Yeah, that's uh, too much, right? Uh, that's a little better. I don't know. Uh, so Budafeld cult is run at, is out of Austin, but the guy who was running it was from, I believe, Venezuela and spelled his name J-A-M-I-E, but uh, is known as Jaime, not Jamie. Anyway, um, so uh, maybe Colin Jaime will be helping out with um, doing some co-hosting. And I'm still looking at, you know, William Conway has <clears throat> offered... But he doesn't have a computer, and I'm not sure you can actually host from a phone. I know you can be a guest from a phone. I don't know if you can actually host from a phone. I've never even tried it. I don't think it, it listen, it would be difficult, very difficult to do. Um, if you're just joining me, Tony Darrow might be my guest today at 10 a.m. I guess I have to hang out till 10 a.m. to find out. Um, I just sent him the link at... 11 o'clock last night because I've been slacking. Um, Carl says, uh, good morning, Carl. Carl says you can, but the interface isn't so good. I would think it would be awful. Um, because you can't, you know, the screen is too small to see everything that's going on. You definitely probably, um, to, to manage guests, and overlays and, and stuff like that. Not an easy, not an easy thing to do at all on a phone. Maybe on a tablet, but even that would be a little challenging. So uh, I appreciate uh, William wanting to be be in on it, and would love to include him on it. Uh, but I'd have to get him a computer somehow, and uh, for the foreseeable future. That's not it's not happening on this end anyway. Um, and a couple other people have expressed interest in doing it. I don't know if they understand what that means. I mean, being able to talk to, you know, guests, it's not, it's, it's not a natural thing for people to do to host a program. It's not just like having a conversation with somebody you meet on the street. Maybe it could be. But you have to actually, um, like today, I don't know if I could just hand it off to somebody to, to do an interview with Tony Darrow um, on the fly. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, to have to 
cater guests to who's guest hosting that day. It's going to be a clusterfuck of three weeks. Listen, um, I could just shut it down and take a long sabbatical. Um, but I do have a couple of guests already lined up on Thursday. Young uh, David Urfelder from uh, California will be joining me at 10 a.m. That's uh, um, a California guy who's getting up early, but he's a kid. I guess, well, you know what? When I was 21, there was no way in the world you'd get me up at 7 o'clock in the morning, which is 10 o'clock my time, 7 o'clock his time, to do a Zoom. Well, of course, there was no such thing. No such thing. Um, Carl says, uh, uh, Mike Zinn says they added uploadable sound clips, uh, like a sound, like, yeah, uh, <laughs> six months ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so that was six months ago that they ordered, and at least some, I've had it six months ago. I don't know if they rolled it out slow that you're just seeing it now, but no, it was at least six months ago that they added the the sound clips and all that stuff. Uh, we didn't even have a transistor yet when you were 20, dog. Um, no, we had... Uh, what was the technology, the cool technology when I was 20? Well, CDs... No, more like 25. CDs were coming out when I was like 25. Uh, you know what? That's not true. CDs were out earlier than that. When I was around 21, 22, CDs were starting to come out. CD technology. Remember CDs? Does anybody still have CDs? Um, And then digital audio tape came out, I guess, around 20. Well, I was in my late 20s. DATs. Remember DATs and pneumatics, the big Sony three-quarter-inch digital audio tape, if anybody remembers that. Probably not. And you had used to have these huge converters from di- for digital audio. Um, MIDI was the big technology when I was in my twenties. MIDI, MIDI, musical instrument digital interface, and sampling was big. So we, it was kind of like a hybrid audio digital audio production type of thing. If you had enough sampling time in your devices that you could trigger by uh, MIDI sequencing, you could do audio, digital audio production. Very primitive. Um, so that, that was, and then, you know what? Well, as fast as things go, things don't change that much. So people still, a lot of people still using MIDI. Uh, Carl says vinyls came back strong. Listen, uh, people don't know why vinyl went away. I'm going to tell you why vinyl went away after a sip of coffee. All right. I'm going to have a sip and then I'll write about vinyl and why it went away. People think, a lot of people are under the impression that CDs were the death knell of uh, vinyl originally in the 80s when people stopped producing music on vinyl not so wasn't for audio uh wasn't for audio reasons at all 
Um, Kevin says, I'm not enough of an audiophile to say vinyl uh, and old tube amps sound better or warmer, though. Neither am I. Neither am I. Um, I've always questioned people who think their ears are so good that they can hear the difference. But that's not, it has nothing to do with why vinyl went away. Vinyl went away because of pollution. Um, I used to be in mastering for um, duplication mastering for vinyl. I worked for a company called Gold Disc uh, and cassettes, tape cassette tapes, remember those. And even to some extent, oh, now I'm really dating myself, uh, A track audio. Used to, basically, my job was to take the original master from the record company and spin off a production master from that, making sure the EQ and all that stuff was uh, spot on so you could not tell the difference between the production master and the original master. Put that on a uh, a machine that would play to however many slave machines you can get to reproduce the stuff. Now, when it came to vinyl, you're talking a huge environmental footprint for that kind of stuff. The waste that came out of uh vinyl plants and probably still does i don't think they they've mastered that technology so when vinyl is making a huge comeback now but not to the point where it is the predominant uh format and if if it ever does it will be an environmental nightmare the reason all those vinyl production plants shut down was because the uh, Environmental Protection Agency was issuing lawsuit of uh, fines of ten million dollars and up per plant for the pollution damage that they were causing. So the reason vinyl went away was economic, wasn't audio at all. I don't listen. I as Kevin's point. You got to be, yeah. You, you probably have to have dog ears to hear the difference. If you're being honest, to hear the difference between vinyl and digital, if it's a pure first run vinyl. But part of the problem with vinyl is it scratched or it wore out. The grooves got deeper and you get like warble and all that kind of stuff. If you overplay, I there were records I had that I just wore out because I played them too much, and they started to sound like shit. Um, vinyl is, is if Jamie said, vinyl is uh, great if you like the sound of, of cooking bacon. Well, yeah, if you, if you weren't careful, you could scratch it up. And, of course, a, a lot of people weren't careful, and you'd get all, uh, lots of tiny little scratches on it and get that little staticky bacon cooking sound that Jamie was talking about. Um, The comeback, uh, call. I guess this is what Carl's saying because I'm not keeping up with all these comments because they suck. Um, the, it's it's about the art. I think uh, they look good. Well, yeah, well, there was nothing that compared to album covers, big size album covers, and the artwork and the experience of going through a new piece of uh, a new album with all its artwork and all that kind of stuff 
Um, I don't know. I'm getting a message here on Facebook. No, it is not uh, Tony Dow. I don't know if Tony got my message last night. Hopefully he will be here at 10 a.m. I don't know. It'd be good to get back into uh, doing an actual conversation with a new comedian that I have not uh, had a discussion with before. Hopefully that'll happen today at 10 a.m. Um, but yeah, the experience of getting a new uh, album with the big album cover and opening up, most of them, even if they weren't double albums, they would open up. Some of them, like, uh, I remember Cheech and Chong had the album uh, Big Bamboo. And um, do I have any? I think I have some somewhere. Of course, I can't do this quickly this morning. Um, yeah. Big Bamboo. And basically, the album cover looked like this. <laughs> uh, but big. And when you opened it up, there was a rolling paper inside, a huge rolling paper. And a lot of us, not all of us, some people wanted to save that as part of oh, no, it's part of the album, man. But a lot of dopey thirteen-year-olds, twelve-year-olds <laughs> decided, oh well, we could roll a big fat joint with this and put like an ounce of weed or two ounces of weed, because it was not the same weed, uh, into a big old joint and smoked it. We're using that uh, big bamboo paper that came with the album. Um, Tommy was in New Jersey last week, and I thought about going to see him and, and hanging out with him. He was at a weed convention, bring your own cannabis convention in Jersey. And I, I did want to, but I was busy with the gig from hell uh, and did not get to go see him. Plus, I'm still dealing with all this fucking technical nonsense in the studio. I got to get these Macs fixed. I definitely do, because this is not the way I'm going to be doing this show on a fucking laptop. I feel so... I feel so weak doing it this way. Um, anyway, I'm trying to read these comments. It's a little difficult. Band called uh, Pulp released a CD with instructions on how to make a rap for, for Coke and Speed. Uh, I did not know that calls hip to these things. By the way, uh, if you, you missed the opening, I was talking a little bit about Last Rites yesterday, and I, I did not get to catch any of it, sadly, but um, I was in meetings from hell and traveling around Long Island, looking at locations and all that kind of stuff. I uh, found out yesterday uh, why Carl calls the podcast The Last Rites, You Might Die Before the Show Is Over. Well, yeah, every show well, on the last rights, when, especially when Brett Brock, when Carl and Brock get together, and listen, God help us all, when they get together, eventually Carl comes over to the States and gets together with Brock. Um, it could be the, the end of days. It could be Armageddon. Um, maybe we shouldn't allow that. Maybe we should do our best not to let them commingle, be in the same room together. Uh, 
because it could cause entropy. It could cause a state of entropy and the world could come to an end. Uh, maybe that wouldn't be a bad thing. Maybe I'm ready for that. But you young people are not ready for that. Um, but anytime they get together, you can guarantee four hours is a, a short one. But um, now, because I'm interested in, in how that went yesterday, it's so much going on. I got to say, Brock needs light. He needs light. Uh, I'm looking at the photos. Everybody is well lit up. And then Brock is there in the darkness. The art guy. The art guy can't figure out the lighting. And I know when he does his live streams, his table is lit up well. And even the, the camera that's showing. Maybe, I don't know, there's some difference between what he uses in OBS to do his Twitch thing and to do um, StreamYard, to join a StreamYard thing. But just turn on a freaking light, man. Um, but eight-hour show is not... It's like a mini potathon for most people, for for uh, Brett and Bra uh calling Brett. It's, it's just another day. Just another day. Um so I got to eight hours. You got to commit. You got to find a day off to watch it. You have to, have, you know, I got to commit my Sunday to go and watch an, uh, a podcast. Who's got eight hours, an extra eight hours I can borrow? Anybody? I mean, that's a, it's a difficult thing. So I'm not going to just start it and watch it in drips and drabs. You can't do that. You have to sit at one sitting. Maybe not. Uh, probably very few people sat through the whole eight hours uh, from start to finish. People come and go and come back. And but I, I don't think I could do that. I wanna. I want to see the whole thing in, in its entirety. So um, got to find a day off to watch a podcast. It's just a crime, I tell you. It's a fucking crime. Uh, speaking of partisans, ay, ay, ay. my friend Morgan uh, contacted me yesterday, uh, and Morgan's a, a special person to me. She's um, she's been a she started as a guest on my evening program. We became friends. I became friends with her father. Her father is uh, Jimmy Roberts, who does MarsFam.net, and um he's uh, he's about as crazy about uh mars as um the flat earth people are <laughs> i mean that that invested in it that much of uh, yeah, he believes there was uh, human life on mars 90,000 years ago um strange belief systems for me i'm not saying he's wrong uh he presents a lot of Interesting evidence, put it that way. Uh, stuff that looks man-made. He's got image, a database of imagery on Mars. Now, um, it would be good to get Jimmy in a room with the Flat Earthers because Flat Earthers don't believe Mars really even exists. Uh, and in order for, you know, the whole 
space exploration and NASA, because Flat Earthers don't trust NASA at all. And Jimmy's database comes almost entirely from NASA research and stuff like that. So it would be good to get make that war happen. But Jimmy is uh, Morgan's dad. Anyway, Morgan contacted me yesterday and said, asked if we ever did any fundraisers on the podcast. Mm, yeah, we have. Why? Her mom is... Uh, got some serious liver problems and not not doing well and fuck America with its uh no health care for everybody uh capitalistic predatory health care system that we have here uh she doesn't have any coverage and no money to take care of essential health care issues. And might die because she's poor. Not poor, but uh, I mean, she wouldn't be poor if she wasn't sick. Nowhere in the world, in in no, you know, modern country, do we see where people who would be functioning members of society, once they get sick, you die because you can't pay your bills. You can't afford the medical treatment. This is uh, America's got to get its shit together with with healthcare. Anyway, she doesn't have any. Would I consider doing something? Oh boy, I just got done with a twelve hour partisan. And listen, twelve hours eh, that's a that's a last rights program and a half. <laughs> um, but she's my friend, and I can't. I, I can't just say no. I can't, and I can't abandon her. She's in need. Now, the thing is, I'm going to talk to her today about setting up a GoFundMe and starting the process here. With Andy and with Christine, when we did this thing, we announced in advance, and just announcing in advance helped get people, you know, and keeping the promotion about, oh, yeah, we're going to be doing a podcast and keeping that stuff on Twitter. Uh, and and Facebook and wherever didn't do anything on TikTok or Instagram, but it should have done more on there. But just that fact, even before the show started, kept the contribution coming on a consistent basis, and we were able to just by prolong uh, the the donation cycle uh, get the dollars up. And I think I'm pretty proud of the work that we did in in getting extra thousands of dollars donated that might not have been if it would have just died on the vine where it was. But that's for comedians who are well-loved, not a individual who nobody knows, just somebody's mom, just a friend of mine. And I know I've uh, abused all of my friends and contacts who might make, well, there's a few of them who didn't show up who probably still feel guilty about the Christine. A lot of them, five, five or six people who did not show up who said they would be there for the Christine thing and then blew it off. Who I know are experiencing some guilt because they every time I talk to them now, oh, sorry, but I'm really sorry about that, man. I'm really, I'm, Basically, you know, well, we got through it. Don't worry about it. It's over. That's my response. But maybe I could cash in on some of that guilt. But 
probably not going to get a whole lot of uh, extra participation on this. And it's going to be really, you know, again, it's not a celebrity. People don't necessarily uh, gravitate towards giving to uh, an everyday person who might need the money money even more uh, than, say, Andy or Christine did. And, and she might die. She might literally might die. Uh, because because of the financial situation. So, and time is of the essence, right? And right now, with everything that I got going on, film, consultation, and all this other stuff, technical issues, not going to be an easy thing. Can I get... Any help on it? Probably not. Uh, can I do 12 hours by myself? Sure, I could. <laughs> be a fucking boring podcast. But I'm thinking um, I could probably make it just a music thing with local or local original musicians that I know from around the country. And uh, But how much how much revenue is that really going to generate? How are people going to be giving during that? I don't know. But I feel compelled to try something. To try and help because it's a it's a friend a friend in need and i can't turn my back on my friends when they need me i just can't uh so uh i'm going to i'm going to try to do something i don't know what but it will be in the near future probably within the next 2 or 3 weeks doing another uh did all what yesterday on the partisan um, did all that on the Potathon. We did that yesterday on the Potathon. Did what? Did what? Uh, Mallory upset. I don't know what that means. I don't know what, 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 I guess I have to watch the show. Uh, and again, I won't be able to, after, uh, Oh, William says after about four hours, I had to save my marriage. I don't know. I guess I have to watch the show. I'm I'm like, I wasn't in the room, so don't get half of this conversation. Uh, just watch the first 3.5 hours. That's what uh, Carl's saying. Uh, okay. Well, but no, I, if I'm going to do it... <laughs> I want to watch the entire thing. Uh, I wonder why is Carl saying that? Because it, it just after three point uh, five hours, he started uh, bad mouthing me again. <laughs> is that is that? What, oh, just watch the first three point five hours and then cut it off there. Um, I'm okay with that. Anyway, uh, I'm not hearing back from Tony Darrow. I don't know if. Uh, he got the message, and it's going to be here. That's a little frustrating. Um, just the yard sale. But what did I do? What I did not have a yard sale, by the way. My stepdaughter and my grandson had a, a yard sale, and they used my yard for it. But okay. Um, what were, what were you saying about the yard sale? What did I do wrong? What where did I fail on the yard sale? I didn't 
fail. It was I just pointing out that they did it wrong. I mean, they were so far back from the street. They were probably 150 feet back from the street. Uh, I'll clip that, Carl says. Um, but no, what is the criticism? I want to know now. I mean, I'm fine with... Uh, don't make me go search through this thing. What... <laughs> Let me in on the joke. I want to know wh where did I fuck up in your eyes on the uh, powder, uh, on on the um, yard sale thing. I don't think I fucked up at all. I, I didn't have anything really to do with it other than I gave him a couple of guitars, cheap guitars. Uh, oh, just bullying the kids? No, that wasn't bullying. I was just telling them they were doing it wrong. Listen, I think they did have... I asked Nick at some point if he sold anything, and he said yes, which I was shocked. But if you know my neighborhood, first of all, we get no traffic whatsoever. Cars aren't driving down this. But if you're going to do it, you have to have some visibility. The odds of somebody like just driving by and seeing kids 150 feet up, and they can't see the product, what I would stop for, for a yard sale, is if I'm driving by and I see musical equipment, I'm going to say, oh, let me check out those guitars. Let me check out that keyboard or something, drum set, anything. But if you can't see any of the product from the street, you're not going to stop. I don't know how they did, but I know this. Well, Nicholas told me they sold a lot of stuff. I can't imagine what a lot of stuff is to a 10-year-old. Um, but I know this, that the stuff that went out to the street or out into the driveway or into the yard is now in my living room, in my hallway, in the extra bedroom. A lot of it came back in. A lot of the stuff that went out was set up to sell came back in and now is clutter garage garage sales yard sales all that kind of stuff are meant to declutter your house had the opposite effect on my in my case and so uh, you know it, it could have been more productive i wasn't bullying them uh, i'm a, and i'm probably a bully by nature everything i say comes off as a bullying s dean <laughs> No, don't ask Dean. Do me a favor. Don't ask Dean. I I know what what the uh, what the comments would be there. Anyway, what time is it? Nine oh three. Nine oh three. Hey, I should probably be. Uh, if I knew Tony wasn't coming, I would be. I would. And want to get me to upgrade already with this MacBook Pro. Jaime's crying. Um, if I see a garage sale sign, I stop. Well, there were no signs. It was according to my stepdaughter, there were signs up in the community somewhere. I didn't see them. And again, you have to know this area. Um, it's called Church Hills, but it's lots of woods in between houses and stuff. And 
I don't know where they would post the signs. It's not like there's, and I didn't see it. And I was driving through the neighborhood that day because I was going to the gig from hell. Um, so yeah, if you see a sign, you would stop. I agree. If I, I not necessarily, I would stop again. I would drive past it and see. Is there a drum set out there? Is there a guitar out there? Anything I'm interested in. Not only musical stuff, I suppose. What else would I be interested in? Are there new iMacs out there? I fucking hate Apple. But I hate PC. I hate Microsoft PCs even more. Um, it's, uh, you know what? I shouldn't say that. I haven't really, since I left the workforce, had to deal with uh, working PCs that much. Not that there's that much difference anymore. There's some slight difference. The whole, I don't know, dragging and dropping from anywhere kind of thing doesn't think, PCs still don't get hip to that. Like with Macintosh, you can drag and drop shit like, like there's no tomorrow from the web to applications. Uh, not so with on the PC side. Like if you're working in a video editing program, and you want to use an image or something you found on the web, you have to download it first and then drag it from your desktop or import it from wherever you, wherever you import it to or wherever you download it to. But with Macintosh, you can just rip that shit right off and just drag it right in. And a lot of applications are like that. That's the part that, I don't love about uh, PCs. That and pretty much that's the whole ball of wax for me because I I don't love keyboards and mouses and all that stuff. You know, I drag that shit, just drag and drop that shit. That's the way the whole works for me. Um, Jamie says, if I see a garage sale uh, sign, I call the police. Then tell them I have been robbed and tell them my stuff is. <laughs> Oh, uh, and then you're going to get a bunch of somebody else's garbage dumped on you. Most of that stuff. Most of the stuff that went out to the yard on Sunday was stuff I did not want in the house. And now it's back in the house, but not in its original neatly tucked away place. It's now in my living room in a pile. Oh, we didn't, this is the shit that didn't sell. And so if you did, that's funny, Jamie, but what you would end up with is somebody else's unwanted shit piled up in your living room. It's bad enough I have my own unwanted shit piled up in my living room right now. You would end up with a stranger's unwanted shit. And I'm talking about stuff there is no reason for anybody not just knickknacks. Richard Simmons fitness tape. <laughs> Is there any reason that anybody should have a celebrity fitness tape in their house anymore? Jane Fonda's workout. Listen, I'm dating myself here. I know. Uh, everybody knows I'm a fucking old man anyway. One man's trash is another man's treasure. No, uh, I find that one man's trash is another man's trash. 
and uh, and then even another man's sewage. Very rarely do you find treasure at a yard sale. Come on, be. Um, I look for uh, Ted says I look for uh, mid-century uh, modern stuff. Really, uh, mid-century modern stuff at garage sales, like what? Like an old rotary phone? Nobody does. Again, that's that. I never see that shit. Maybe I don't because I don't really go in. To be honest with you, I never, I almost never get out of my car. If I see a garage sale, the only way I'm if if something I see catches my eye driving past. Oh look. They have a Gibson Les Paul. I'll check that out. And how often do you see anything of quality, even on the musical side? From you know, generally, what you're going to see is a child beginner guitar with a hole, with not the the acoustic hole, but another hole in the body somewhere. Five bucks, ten bucks. You're not going to see. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Is it just me? Uh, William wants to play Sweating to the Oldies. Is that what it was? Sweating to the Oldies, the background uh, for a boomer house party. <laughs> Mid-century modern furniture sells for big money at antique stores. Oh, like, yeah. Well, I'm trying to think of what we had that would fit into that category. There were some tables and stuff out there. Then, okay. I could see some old lady getting her panties all in a uh, a bunch over. Oh, look at this! It's so so beautiful in our extra bullshit room. Um, it's all clutter to me. It's all fucking clutter. I for a time I have a friend who's uh, he comes from. Uh, Tehran, Iran, Iran, and he comes from big oil money. Uh, I don't think he's ever worked a day in his life. He's my age. He's been in the States for 45 years. And uh, his parents are wealthy, and I think they still send him money. Uh, he's in He's in his 60s, and I think his parents still send him money, or his late 50s at, at minimum, but think his rich parents still send him money but he was doing uh estate sales basically same thing it's just for rich people uh where he was doing a lot of that furniture stuff uh basically people instead of moving when they when you move from old brookville to the hamptons and stuff uh Okay, sell all the furniture in my house because it's too expensive to move it. And then you get a lot of that, what uh, Ted is calling mid-century modern furniture stuff. But I think what he found was it cost him more in warehouse um, rental and space, you know, storage rental than he was actually making at these sales from the stuff. I don't think the interest was as high as you think it is. Uh, and he opened up a store in Southampton to, to kind of move some of the stuff. 
I said, trust me, leave me alone. You, I hate this fucking technology. Um, every time I sign in from social media from another thing, it asks me if I'm, uh, if I trust that device. If I didn't trust it, I wouldn't be signing in. Leave me alone. Too much security until I get fucking hacked, and then there's not enough security, right? Um, seeing nothing from Tony Darrow. Yeah. Uh, so I'm seeing stuff about my guest last night who didn't show up. Again, that was my fault last night. Uh, not that any of you people give, give a flying fuck about my evening show. Totally different audience there. But I had a no-show last night, but this time the no-show was on me. It was totally my slacking on getting them the link in time and all that stuff. Uh, Ted is saying, uh, vintage Herman Miller and Wilco furniture uh, sell for 10 Gs or 1,000. Yeah, yeah, I could see you get pieces now and then. But again, um, with my friend when he was doing that stuff, it would be the reason people were selling it is they wanted to get rid of all of it at once. And he would buy the contents of a house and maybe get a few pieces that were had a lot of interest in it. But with those pieces that were interesting to people and, and things that might sell, you'd get a lot of minutia. And you'd, you'd have to take the Richard Simmons fitness tape along with <laughs> everything else. And for the stuff, so you sell a few pieces for $10,000 or whatever. But then you need a warehouse for eternity to store the bullshit that you didn't want. Either that or you could, I don't know, trash it somewhere, end up in a landfill. I don't know what else, what the other solutions are. It didn't work out for him. That's all I know. He, he his parents, not him. Because <laughs> he never worked a fucking day in his life that I know of. His parents uh, financed the thing. And they took a beating on it. It ended up being a losing proposition because no matter how many pieces he sold, the profit did not make up for the storage costs of all the extra bullshit. Uh, you know, sometimes I have a lot of friends that are schemers and have schemers and dreamers and planners. And the best way to plan sometimes sounds like a great deal. Yeah, I'm just going to get all the stuff really cheap at a state sale, buy the contents of a house. Look, they got some great stuff there. And the great stuff sells, and then you're left with the bullshit. Lots and lots of bullshit. Great plan until you put it into work, and then you find out, yeah, I made $30,000 from selling a couple of pieces of furniture from that estate sale. But the warehouse cost for the next five years to keep all the extra bullshit or next 10 years could be several hundred thousand dollars to store that shit. It's, uh, it's a difficult, uh, I wouldn't do it. But to the point about driving around, yeah, I guess you have to have an eye for that. I don't have an eye for that. I would not stop uh, at a yard sale. This is just me. I'm not saying anybody else. My wife might say, oh, look at that. Oh, that's a really impressive piece of furniture. We got to stop and look at that. And people, 
if people know the value of it, then they're not going to let it go cheaply, right? If they really understand the value of it. So, yeah, I guess you have to hope somebody's got something that they just don't understand how much it's really worth. Uh, wait, what's going on? What's going on about uh, farting? Uh, what, what did I miss about the farting? Uh, uh, haven't even cracked a joke about it today, but uh, taking wife in for a colonoscopy. Oh, that's what we missed. Oh, well, you know what? I hope I hope I hope everything comes out all right. <laughs> uh, colonoscopy is kind of a serious thing, though. I mean, we joke about it, but I do hope everything comes out all right. Uh, I hope it, uh, you know, hoping for uh, the best results, which is negative, negative, negative. It's the best way to go here. Hoping for negative a negative outcome. Uh, what is William saying? You could uh, decorate. Uh, items you're uh, you're not interested in selling instead of getting a storage unit. Um, I disagree. You could. I don't disagree that that's possible on a short short scale. I mean, with some of it, but you have to say that you have to have you have to be really naive about the amount of contents. That you'd have, yeah. That he was buying at at some of these when people were moving sales and selling everything rather than move it. Yeah, there were some pieces you could decorate with, but most of it is another man's garbage, another man's clutter, another man's shit. Most of it, the large majority of it, and mountains. I'm not kidding. Mount. Listen, this is Iranian oil money. <laughs> couldn't sustain this operation. That's how much bullshit was was in it. That the storage cost for the crap far outweighed any profit. Far outweighed any profit. No, it was a losing proposition, and it went on for it like draining money through a sieve for about. I would say almost 10 years, uh, losing hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. Um, there's a comment on here that um, Brett Brock just liked on Twitter. I'm just looking. I agree. I think we, we should probably be hijacking coffee with the dog later. Uh, nobody's here hijacking. I wish they would. I wish somebody would come in and hijack this program uh, right about now. And let me, because I would be happy to be sitting here waiting if I knew Tony was really coming today and show up, but not knowing. I feel like I'm wasting time here and talking about garage sales. The guy can be fun. I donate to Habitat for Humanity. Even Listen, you're not getting what I'm saying, bro. I love you, but you're not hearing what I'm saying. Habitat for Humanity would say, get the fuck out of here with your truckloads full of bullshit. 
We don't need sweating to the oldies. Uh, donate to ha <laughs> no. They would they would tell you take your trucks and back them the fuck out of my property. Get your shit out of here. You are bringing garbage. You are bringing landfill material and acting like you're doing me a favor. That's what I'm saying. This is this is the reality. I know you like to think, oh, well, there's got to be stuff of value in there, good stuff. No. If it was of value, the rich people who got rid of it would have kept it. No, I mean, Very few people just throw away things of value or just give away things of value. Uh no, we weren't just talking about furniture. Again, I, I think I said this. The business side of it, if you're into estate sales, you buy the contents of the house, not just furniture. When they want to move, they have their house full of pack rat bullshit that they don't want to fucking deal with. So in order to get that furniture... You have to take our pack rat life, all of a crap. Uh, my 1960s rat fink eraser from a pencil. You have to take that with the furniture. No, you're not just talking furniture. When you're in the business and you're doing this professionally, you buy the contents of a house. That If you've uh, you spent any time in, in a sustained relationship in one domicile, you understand that there's, if I look around this room right now, there's literally a ton of trash. And it doesn't, it's not trash that you need to take out today and kind of put out and, and, Tell the trash man to take it away. But it's clutter. Holding on to, like, I have a shelf full of microphones up there. I haven't used, I haven't used some of them in 30 years. But I'm not throwing them out. Now, somebody could find some value in one or two of them. But just the sheer number of it and the sheer volume of stuff. No, it, it you're talking about mountains of garbage. Don't get me started on the on the waste of of humanity because my god, we are we consume stuff every day in our culture in America. People go to stores and buy stuff they're not going to use. It will just sit there and become clutter in their house. I got a fucking thing of light bulbs. And I got a, a box of, of tubes for a tube amplifier. The tube amplifier is stored under a table over there. It's a vintage tube amplifier. Uh, and we'll never, almost never, I, I can guarantee you, it'll never be played again in my lifetime. But I have replacement tubes for it in case I ever decide I need to replace the tubes for an amplifier that will never be played 
could somebody find some value in that? Sure, if you find the right person. But most likely, if when I die, could be within a half hour, could be within five minutes, actually. Could die any second now. 9.24, chances are I won't make it to 9.30. Um, and somebody were to buy the contents of this house, there are things that people would find valuable. But the large majority of the shit is shit. It's shit that nobody will ever use. I got fucking a supply there of uh, my vital C. I have a supply of my vital C. Nobody's going to find any value in that. I mean, enough to pay for it anyway. I probably would never use it. We did an estate sale when my dad died. Uh, There were guys who swoop in and uh, buy everything for the uh, that doesn't sell one lump sum for cents on the dollar. That's exactly what my friend from Iran was doing. That's exactly what he was doing. And I can tell you, it, uh, for 10 years in the business, it was a losing proposition every day for him. He thought, oh, well, people are going to buy this shit, but they didn't. People would buy pieces of furniture. They would find items diamonds in the rust uh you know in the rough whatever they call that there would be a few good pieces of stuff but the majority of it was clutter uh kevin says dig up uh raw materials uh transport them halfway across the globe to manufacture something then ship product back across the globe to bring you junk you really don't need that's consumerism biggest part of of, here i am getting on the fucking soapbox but the biggest problem for humanity is consumerism things we build things we don't need we buy things we don't need then we store things we don't need we rape the earth for resources and materials as kevin was saying to make things for people who will buy things, not use those things, but thinking the purchase, the purchase, consumerism. I got it. Now my life will be better. I used to. And I still, I still have the urge. I still have the junky mentality towards guitars. I haven't bought a new guitar. to say five or seven years now, something like that, I'm thinking about it. But I still, every time I see an ad for Sam Ash or uh, Guitar Center or the Music Zoo, I'm still looking at, oh, brand new guitar. Man, I would love to have that. And I, you get the feeling that, man, if I had that, I'd feel pretty good. I need that. That would make me feel good. Make me feel happy. That will that will give me what I need in my life to be happy. And then you get to realize that you can't be happy without it. Having it is not going to be the answer. It's not going to be what will make you happy. But I think part a big part of consumerism is this idea that buying stuff 
will lead to happiness or what may, make us feel less shitty for the day. Like an addiction. Like it's like I'd rather buy weed with the money. <laughs> uh, hey, Doug, what will happen to your guitars when you die? Are you leaving them to anyone in your will? Carl gets everything. Carl gets everything. He gets the house. He gets the, the guitars. He gets the wife. He gets my drum set. He gets two drum sets. Um, keyboards, mixing decks, two fucking iMacs that I paid four thousand dollars each for and don't work right. He gets a shitty fucking Mac. Now I'll leave the MacBook Pro to Jamie. If I die within the next year, Jamie can have this MacBook Pro. How about that? Now Jamie's saying, "Die, dog, die." Um. Yeah, Jamie's saying, "Back off, dead." Get in line. Um, uh, it's just a, a MacBook Pro. That's all it is, Jamie. Yeah. Uh, I disagree with this uh, statement, but no, I get I get where it comes from. Capitalism is antithetical to taking care. I, I don't think it's capitalism. I think it's consumerism. Again, I, I kind of. I know I put out a couple of weeks ago a tweet that said capitalism does not have to suck. It can, almost all of the great advances for humanity have come through capitalistic efforts. That's true. Almost all of our advances. Where capitalism goes wrong is greed and people who get in the way of it. But we see capitalism work the way it's supposed to work every day if you look closely enough. If I hire a carpenter to do work for me, he comes to my house, he gives me an estimate and says, this is the value of the work, this is what it will cost to get done. We can agree, we disagree. We negotiate, at the end of the day, we come to an agreement of equal value. He does this work, provides value for me, I give him this much money. It works on that level. Capitalism works on that level. Where it doesn't work is where people who want too much return, and it's part of human nature, I will agree, that people who want too much return for what they are providing, for the value that they're providing. And we see that when corporations take over, when we see um, people who just want their investment, or just worried about, not about providing value, but of providing return on their investment. When that is all that matters is your return on investment, that's where capitalism goes wrong. But I don't think the biggest problem, because on the communism, it's it's the same thing. Socialism, it's all the same. That consumerism overwhelms the economic model, whether it's capitalism, cons- uh, uh, communism, socialism, any of those isms, the big ism that wins the day is consumerism. We need things. I want things. Well, you know what? Your life was fine when you didn't have a $1,500 phone until you got that $1,500 phone, and now you can't live without it. It's a thing. And I know I, I'm not I'm not preaching here. I'm not in no way saying 
I'm above this. I'm fucking guilty. I, you take my phone away from me, I fucking panic. It's like it's like taking uh, heroin away from an addict. <laughs> How am I going to get through the day without my phone? Even if I fucking leave my phone home. Oh, my God. Do I keep going or do I turn around? Uh, I got someplace I need to be. I don't have my phone. I can't live without my phone. It's my thing. I need my thing. Ted says we have it a million times better today. Better today than what? Yesterday or ten years ago? Or... I, I'm just curious. I'm not disagreeing. We have it a million times better today than what? 1960, 1970, 1980. Yeah, uh, yesterday, last year. Well, what are you comparing it to? I don't know. And again, I'm not disagreeing. Uh, our parents all poisoned uh, with lead. Now us and all our kids are <laughs> monoplastics. Well, um, plastic is plastic is a problem. Lead was a problem. It definitely was a problem. But it's you know. Um, not to the level that plastic is. Plastic, plastic is the devil, man. It, but most of those things that we rely on, that those, you know, there's a whole lot of plastic right here. Whole lot of plastic here in the cover, in the casings. Um, plastic, like everywhere I look. The big problem I'm having right now with plastic. Listen, marijuana. When I was a kid, I, I the good old days. No, this was not the good old days. But when I was a kid, you buy pot in a sandwich bag, right? And you get an ounce <laughs> takes up the sandwich bag. Today, you get an eighth, an eighth, and it comes in this hard plastic See this? There you go. Hard plastic thing. Every time you buy an eighth, this is what you get. Look at this. This is. That's what it is. Now, every time you buy an eighth, an eighth lasts. A guy like me, it could last a week because now this eighth. Now, when I was even ten years ago, I could I could probably go through an eighth or more in an hour or two, to, if I'm being honest. I mean, really. Um, okay, we'll call it a day, even. Every time you buy an eighth, you get one of these. I mean, this is waste. And where's it going to go? You think this stuff, you think this stuff is going to uh, degenerate in a landfill? this it's not even like again the little plastic sandwich bags those were plastic and you get it but thin plastic that has some chance of degrading sometime in the next 500 years or so 
this fucking thing is going to be around long after humanity leaves this planet. <laughs> Still going to be sitting either at the bottom of the ocean or at a pile of these things. This is a problem. The marijuana industry, and mostly, I mean, this is where capitalism goes wrong too. Most of the people in the marijuana industry pretend to care about the environment, but they're packaging this their product with the worst possible solution you could possibly think of. There's got to be a better way. All right, let's all put our heads together and come up with a better way to package reefer for because reefer, reefer, and I think William Conway will agree with me on this. Uh, it's it's a necessary part of humanity right now. William says, NASCAR is the worst example of wasted resources when you think of all the fuel and and uh, uh, rubber wasted tires this is not a greater waste of petroleum for the sake of entertainment i don't disagree with that i've never been a nascar fan now i'm sure if you go out to daytona or you go to indianapolis they're probably going to argue something i don't know what they could argue against that it, it seems to be so on the money. I mean, maybe coming to a point where everybody who's doing like NASCAR stuff has to, be, but still, that's a, a waste of resources on some level, unless you're charging these electric cars with solar panels. But if you made NASCAR like <laughs> a requirement, has to be that they're all um, electric. Uh, Tesla's fucking. You know, Mikey's Tesla, I get in that car, fucking, it, it kicks back like a fucking rocket ship on, on takeoff. It really does. I, I think you could probably, can you go 500 laps uh, on one charge? I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, Mike says his comes in little glass jars. Glass is better. Glass is definitely better than plastic. Um, and I hope more people will do that, but I don't think that's an industry standard because listen, this one, this is just one brand, but I brought several different brands that Willie Nelson brand. I bought highwayman stuff that was in a different, taller, but same kind of hard plastic. Uh, if I go to, if you can look this up, Col uh, Columbia care, dispensary which is here in new york and they're in every state actually and every line they have comes in something similar to this nobody is packaging this stuff in glass if mike if you found somebody who's doing it in glass you found a a um, conscientious provider <laughs> and i think more people need to do that now um is it does it affect the cost uh, i'd be willing to pay more to not be polluting the, the environment again this is just for an eighth an eighth of weed that's a little bit of weed every single eighth requires one of these 
it doesn't take a genius to figure out the math on this that eight of these for every ounce of wheat sold in America would fill up the ocean pretty quickly with unbiodegradable bullshit. I don't know. I don't know. And then they're going through it like they don't care. Now, a couple of years ago, the last job I had uh, was for a robotics company that made packaging machines for food packaging. You, you don't realize this until you until you work in an industry like that. But everything, food packaging-wise, comes with way too much plastic. And all, everything, almost all packaging, again, this is uh, like antacid pills for, you know, for an old dude like me when you fucking get heartburn and stuff. Plastic, all hard And almost every product you, you go to, go to, take a look around when you go to the supermarket. How much stuff is actually in plastic bins that you're going to use once. You're not going to reuse it. You're going to throw it out. Where's it going to go? It's going to go in your trash. It's going to go in a landfill, end up in the bottom of an ocean. Uh, and it's never going to disappear. Now, all of those different kind of products, uh, what if I might uh, ask, do they charge for who to charge? Uh Do your part, Matt, uh, Napo, and start buying ounces. You can drop uh, footprint. You're right. You're right. But uh, you, you you know what they, uh, what an ounce goes for now? Uh, for At a dispensary, I'm just thinking 400 and generally about $400 an ounce. For not that great week. Um. I'm not against that. I think you're right. Uh, that that would help. It would definitely help. Uh, it definitely help if we start buying in quantities. But still, they're going to package it in plastic, and eventually, even if you break it down, one. So you're reducing it by uh, eight times the number, right? If you stop buying, and I don't always buy an eight. Sometimes I get a quarter, but a quarter, it's it's just this twice. It. <laughs> you understand that. If buying an ounce, if I go to the dispensary and, and uh, I promise you this, if I if I go to the dispensary and and order an ounce or if I order it online, what I'm going to get is eight times this. In other words, a quarter will be like a double size thing of this, and they'll sell me four of those. I'm not reducing the plastic foot, foot footprint at all. They have to. Uh, they have to find a better way to package this stuff. And it could be done. It could be done pretty easily with paper. I don't know. Paper becomes another environmental issue with trees and all that kind of stuff. But at least that's recyclable. And at least it does biodegrade somewhat. I don't know what the answer is. I don't have, I'm not claiming to have the answer to you. But back to uh, the robotic stuff and all the food packaging. And if you go to a supermarket, Next time you're in the supermarket, take a look around and notice all the plastic, all the plastic that's involved in everything that ends up going into your trash and one time use. 
And so I brought that, again, coming back to the whole capitalism stuff, I brought that up to the people who owned the robotics uh, company that were making packaging machines. Everything depends on plastic. And a lot of it is molding the plat. The machine actually takes raw plastic, molds it into a tub or a uh, jar or whatever it is, this kind of form, you know, molds that, creates the plastic, stuffs the whatever the content is, vacuum seals it, seals it, all that kind of stuff. But they're producing plastic at a crazy amount. And so I brought it up to the owner of, of the company. Like, uh, you realize what what your company, just your one company, is doing to the planet. And I get an argument. Oh, oh no, it does biodegrade. People lie. People lie. I'm trying to do his accent now. Denial. Denial about. And is it that greed Greed causes that denial? People think that. Because you can't. If you're being honest. You can't deny that plastic is. Toxic to all of us. And uh, I, I don't. Listen, the, the bullshit that's being passed around. Um, because plastics have not been a big part of our culture for generations. Maybe three generations. There's a line in the movie, The Graduate. Dustin Hoffman is just graduating from college. And uh, his um, future father-in-law says to him, the word, the most important word uh, for the future is plastic. It wasn't up until the mid-60s. I mean, we started to develop plastics before that, but it wasn't the go-to packaging component uh, part. Plastic, not everything was made of plastic. And even it would plastics were kind of ridiculed, you know, when we were buying stuff from third world countries. Ah, cheap plastic, you got to make it out of steel, out of you know aluminum, things like that. Not that those stuff uh, <laughs> aluminum is not great for the environment either. Um, but it, plastics were kind of ridiculed until the mid sixties or. 60 somewhere so they haven't been with us for generations enough time for some of the claims and i know these are there are scientific studies about this stuff if you listen um what i'm alluding to is some of the people in conspiratory world talking about how plastics are leading to the reduction of sperm counts and that they reduce. This is actually what they're saying. It sounds so stupid. I can't even bring myself to say the word. That they're making the human taint smaller. In other words, the distance between your balls and your ass, or your vagina and your asshole, are getting smaller due to the presence of plastics in our environment. Now, if you understand how evolution works. 
even if that were a true premise that that could happen, which I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying either way. I don't know. Could that happen? Possibly. But it sure as hell can't happen over one or two or three generations. Evolution doesn't happen that way. I grew up with my distance in my taint size the same as the generation before me. I know that because my father, I mean, he, <laughs> my father was not of the plastics generation, so it would not have affected me. Did it affect my son? I didn't measure his, his taint, but I probably not. It can't happen in one generation. Evolution, natural selection doesn't happen in a single generation. What happens is a species develops natural selection because that adaptation is beneficial to the survival of the species and those that are strong pass that trade on to the next generation. So it happens over hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of years. It doesn't, you don't see plastics introduced and then every the next day, next generation, very next generation, sperm counts just dwindle and taints get smaller. You don't see that. That it 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 defies logic, it defies common sense, it defines any kind of rational thinking. But that's what they're putting out right now. Uh, Brendan Walsh put out a great tweet a, a year or so back. It was easier. Uh, it was easier to close. What? It was easier to close the world that to tell Coke to stop using plastic bottles. It was easier to close the world than to tell Coke to stop using plastic bottles. You mean the? You mean the pandemic and, and lockdowns? Uh, I don't think we closed the world. I think that it was easy to get people to comply with that. No, there's so many, it caused so much, you know, if that were true, we wouldn't have the Joe Rogan of the world. Uh, I'm sorry about to go broken on you again, but he's the he's the thing that comes to mind when you see people who are just so ready to change their entire belief system and everything they value over refusal to comply with lockdowns. And we didn't see a lot of you know we saw I, I most of the businesses except restaurants and stuff like that. We're closed for a month or two months. Restaurants were closed for two months. Here. But we were back open. And there were most of the world did not shut down. Maybe in LA where Brendan is, it seemed like the whole world had shut down. I guarantee if you lived in Austin, Texas, or if you lived in Orlando, Florida, the world did not shut down. At all. Nothing shut down. Gyms were open. Yeah, everything was open. Restaurants were open. Nothing shut down in lots of places. In LA, in New York, it felt like the whole world shut down for a very brief period. 
and I don't want to argue that point, but he is right that it was easy to get some people, half the world, to comply, half the people affected in the areas that shutdowns and lockdowns were affected, half the people to comply. But you also saw half the people revolting, some of them in violent ways. Yeah. Brendan job is to be funny i guess but um i don't think he's right about that i don't think he's right it was not all that easy it wasn't an easy sell it still isn't an easy sell you still if you go through twitter today you will still see people arguing vehemently that it was the worst thing we could do everything was handled wrong we should have never shut down anything and there's a there was a post yesterday I don't I don't think it was Apple News. It was featured on Apple News, but it was from an educator saying the worst possible thing that was to shut down or homeschool and shut down the schools. We failed our kids by by doing that. So that argument has never ended. And it's never I don't think it's ever going to end. It's not going away. I still haven't heard from Tony, and I have a feeling I'm not gonna. I have a feeling he's gonna uh, not get. Can I see if he even read the message? Can I see that? Does it say red? No, it doesn't say red. So I don't know if he even got the message since I only sent it late last night. Uh, it would be a shame if I sat here. Ted says, I guarantee uh, Rogan is a doomsday prepper. Rogan has enough money that he could buy uh, a warehouse to doomsday prep in. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't doubt that. Uh, you say you guarantee. I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't argue against that. He probably is very conspiratorial-minded. Um but to Brendan's point about, listen, Coke gets gets the blame for a lot of, but, and they are the big daddy in, in pop and soda. And they have a lot of brands under their umbrella. But uh, at this point, if Coke just went all, if the Coca-Cola company and all their brands that fall underneath their umbrella, even if everything they did went to glass and none of the other companies followed suit, probably wouldn't make all that big a difference. Probably wouldn't make all that big a difference in the world. I don't think it would. Uh, uh, just woke up uh, and Matt is talking about uh, taints. Um, I'm going back to the beginning there. Great job yesterday, Carl. And uh, Brett, I miss Craig and Kevin's part. Yeah, uh, this is my, I got to de- dedicate eight hours. And Tom's already, it seems to be back in, uh, I guess, 10 minutes behind to where I was talking about taints. Um, that's my problem, though. Missing, I, I need to de- 
dedicate eight hours to watch that show, or I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch it in ten minutes or a half hour segments and keep and to having to find my place and start over again. I need to take a, a day to commit. Then this is what this is Carl's fault. Carl did this to me. I'm blaming Carl for me having to dedicate a full day off. full day of my time to go back and watch one episode of Last Rites. It's criminal what he's doing. It needs to be stopped. Uh, put a stop to call right now. Let's end call uh, man. Let's end him. Um, just not allow that anymore. It should be illegal to have a podcast other than a fundraiser, of course, like a podathon. Should be illegal to have one that goes over. Here. I'll be generous. Three hours. If you go one minute over three hours, you should be fined. Uh, probably. Uh, um, how much? Uh, it would be fun to see you guys. Uh, regardless, cheers, dear to all. Yep, ba 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 ba. Yep. Uh, Streamyard needs a, a breathalyzer after two hours. <laughs> You know what? I'm I'm probably getting uh, not to badmouth Streamyard too much. There are better. Solutions. I I don't know why Streamyard is doing so well in the marketplace. I could be making money right now off of Streamyard for a sponsorship, but I'm not. Um, there are better services out there at the same price point that offer much better features, much better flexibility. I'm not going to name them until I get a sponsorship from them, and then I'll be naming them every three seconds. But it's funny because Zoom was the standard. Mike Mike wants to know which. Melon? Uh, I'm going to name them now. Melon, Restream.io are definitely uh, to that offer more more flexibility, more options at the same price point that StreamYard does. Uh, but it's funny because first guy into the pool definitely has an advantage. And when StreamYard came around about, about 18 months, two years before the pandemic started, and I was on it before the pandemic started. And I was using it. I was one of the uh, very first adopters of it. But when I first started using StreamYard and we were in the town hall meetings, there were less than 100 users in the United States when I first started using StreamYard. Now it is the go-to for lots of podcasters. It's the, I don't want to say standard, but the majority of people were doing like, multi-live streams and all that stuff are using StreamYard. Not that it sucks, but um, when it comes to adding new features, but it was started by two guys, uh, two tech heads, Gage, and I forget what the other kid's name is, but it was bought out, and the uh, a lot of the innovations and improvements have had um, have come after the money came in, the corporations that bought it. 
And of course, everything they add on now, they're looking to uh, increase prices for uh, or um, have an, an upsell value to it. At some point, they're going to do away with the the, the free uh, membership part of it. I think that was a way to get people hooked in, get people used to it. But now it, it is, again, I don't want to use the word standard, but it is the, the go-to. One of, they have the best advertising, uh, best um, SEO. If you go searching, if you're new to and you want to get into this, that's the one you're going to find. A lot of people know the name now. Um, so at some point, they'll probably do away with the free trial or that free version where you get limited uh, numbers of guests and limited stream hours and limited uh, recording storage and all that kind of stuff uh, other than their main plans. But now they're focusing, focusing on business plans and up, upselling all that stuff. But like the amount of platforms you can reach, the versatility of, of some of the functions, it's not keeping up with some of those smaller offerings. Um, so, yeah, it is time for more coffee. You're right. Uh, I think I have to leave because it doesn't look like my guest is going to show up today. It's 10 o'clock. He's not here. I think that's a signal for me that he's not going to show, which I suspected all along. Which, did I waste all this time today? Yes, I did. Recapping. I bash guitar uh, yard sales. Of course, uh, Carl called me a bully, uh, or Jamie called me a bully for um, trying to give my stepdaughter advice on how to do a proper yard sale. But I, I bash yard sales, estate sales, garage sales, all that kind of stuff is um, just junk. I talked about marijuana pot, uh, packaging and how wasteful and Bad for the planet it is. I talked about taints. This is how I spend my morning. And I could be doing um I could be doing some productive things. Could be out um working on something productive and artistic and creative. Instead I'm here talking about taints and garage sales and reefer packaging. Listen, it's not just marijuana, but again, just to kind of reiterate here, the guys who started the marijuana industry were hippies. They were people who were environmentalists. They were people who cared about the planet. And to Kevin's point about capitalism, this is where capitalism runs amok. I can't imagine that this is the best. We know it's not the best for the planet, but I can't imagine it's the best for business because you're increasing. How much does this fucking cost to manufacture for a one-time use? How much does this add to your cost for the product, the end, end user of the product? Significant. It's significant. This thing... 
all right, I don't know what the actual numbers are, but you have a <laughs> you have a grain product that is grown in the ground that is consumed up in smoke or put into food or however you want to do it. It's consumed naturally and leaves no no footprint on the planet. It's green. The product itself is green, but you go through all the expense of creating this very non-green, this very white, hard. Listen, it's a good thing. We maybe should repurpose these as musical instruments. Um, fill them with sh big shakers out of them. Put them to some use so you don't throw it out. And then what's going to happen 10 years down the road? Because I have a lot of these fucking things. Right? Oh, they also, this is a tin can with a plastic top. This is one way it comes in, like a pop top one. Uh, and this kind of plastic. So you have lots of plastic here. But 10, 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, you're going to go to a garage uh, sale or yard sale. For a guy like me, who's got lots of these, and you'll see a fucking table with a thousand of these on it, selling for a quarter apiece at the yard sale. That's, uh, I guess, that's my callback way of uh, wrapping this shit up. I've been doing this for two hours now. Ten o'clock. I I started eh, five minutes after eight. It was a little slow in getting started today because of the tech issues and all that stuff. But I've been talking for two hours without a guest. Just me rambling about taints and garage sales, yard sales, packaging, plastics. This is what my life has become. For a guest who I kind of suspected wasn't going to show up. Thursday, David Ulfelder will show up. Good kid. Funny young man. He's the future of comedy. Long after I'm dead, David Ulfelder will be kicking ass in comedy. He'll be with me Thursday morning at 7 a.m. his time. i got to call him and see if he wants to do it at 6.30 just to make things a little bit simpler. We'll be reaching out to Zach today to see if he can... He, a lot of you folks don't know Zach. Uh, he's been with me on the program. Zach from some nobodies, several podcasts. Uh, and a really funny guy, and he does um, the improv show, PowerPoint Showdown. Got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, some nobody's, uh, their first thing was about sex robots, podcast about sex robots, the Sex Robot Factory support line. Uh, Zach's a funny guy. Uh, he will probably be um, helping out host this show for me for a couple of weeks, keep it alive while I go do my film thing for at least the next three weeks worth of mornings. And then sometime after that, maybe I'll be able to do this back in the normal swing and see the film thing through in the afternoons. That's what I'm hoping to do. Uh, what is uh, Kevin saying? Beans ground electric kettle heating up water and oh he's doing the coffee thing. 
Ah, well, good for you. It, coffee is always good. Coffee is a good thing. I think uh, of Dyson Man and possibly even The Last Rites will have a uh, new coffee sponsor soon. We'll hear about that. Uh, U.S.-based coffee sponsor. Uh, so coffee is always good. And it's not, you know, you know who used to sponsor this program, who... Um, it's negligent in sending a check, so I'm not going to say their name. When I get the check, maybe uh, I'll talk about them again. Anyway, it's time for me to go. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our family. MIC, see you real soon. <laughs> K-E-Y, that spells key. No, K-E-Y, key. Key. Why? Because it spells key. M-O-U-S-E. It's a mouse. Um, that's the show for today. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. This is, um, this has been Taint News. I'm your host, Tom Taint. Uh, please uh, try again tomorrow. I'll try again tomorrow. If not, maybe I'll just cancel tomorrow and come back Thursday. I don't know. Will he, will he show up tomorrow? This is the big question. Anyway, it doesn't look like my guest is coming, so I'm going to go take care of business. I hope to see you on the other side, but in the meantime, please don't forget to...
me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.